I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm coaching Nina, who has a really specific problem, which I love because I find these are really interesting case studies of how our brains can mess with us. Um, Nina has a great health style most of the time. She really enjoys whole foods, vegetables, uh, and indulges whenever she feels like it, doesn't feel like she has to be healthy all the time, but you know, make sure that those, those instances are very valuable to her and meaningful to her. And you know, she's a good weight and nothing's really bad except in these specific situations, um, which are, are fascinating. So Nina, she, she has a company and she, when to, to make extra money on the side, she babysits. And she finds that when she's in these babysitting scenarios, she has a tendency to find her way to the kitchen and take advantage of the the graciousness of her host that say she can help herself to whatever she likes and binge to the point of discomfort on foods that she would never normally choose as worthwhile. I'm talking like Cheetos, pretzels, kids cereal, you know, stuff like that. And she hates this because she feels like she's out of control. She has no idea how to stop it. She's tried a few things. None of them have really worked. They've helped a little, but not enough. And she feels really stuck because she can't even understand why she's doing this. She doesn't even like it and she doesn't get anything out of it. So we discuss what could be going on and it's it's kind of amazing what we come up with. Essentially, she has she's had a habit similar to this since she was... 12 years old for for 17 years and hasn't ever thought through how to get past it. Uh, She actually has all the tools in her psychological mental toolkit to do it, but has never applied them to the situation because it wasn't obvious to her how to do it. So uh, Nina and I talk, I coach her through this and I think it's really great. If, if you have anything in your life where you're like, I'm so healthy all the time and, but I just have this one scenario where for some reason I like revert to like cookie monster, <laughs> then I think you'll really appreciate this because we go through, you know, what's going on in your brain? Like, why is your mind telling you there's no other option right now? I must go eat this thing to excess and discomfort. Um, and when in other situations you're totally fine and have the control to make a value-based decision and how to develop that skill in these situations. So uh, there's, there's some good lessons here and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So how can I help you today? So I'm dealing with like one very specific kind of eating problem, um, which is that I feel like in general, I have a um, a fairly good handle on my health style. Um, of course, I'm like, it's constantly progressing and I slip up from time to time, but I feel like in general, I really enjoy good food and I naturally kind of gravitate to like salads and fruit and vegetables and really kind of enjoy that food. And then we'll go for like a great Szechuanese meal with my boyfriend on the weekend and enjoy every minute of that and feel, you know, no guilt. But, um, I have this one thing, which is that I babysit, um, a couple times a week 
to make money, I have my own company and it's a great way to sort of be able to maintain office hours with my business partner. And then in the evenings, um, go take care of kids. And in every one of the families that I babysit for, they're all, you know, super nice people. And they always kind of across the board are always like, help yourself to anything in the fridge, you know, da, da, da. Um, and I find that whenever I babysit, I just end up eating like two excess, just crap. So like if they have Cheetos, I am not normally, I mean, I like, I think Cheetos taste good, but I, in real life, that's not a problem for me. Like they just aren't good enough for me to ever really want them. And I would never buy them. And it's not like I'm constantly tempted to buy them, but if they're at the house, I will absolutely eat them and I'll eat them past the point of enjoying them. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really annoying. And, um, and it's got, and so basically it's been like a year since I started babysitting for this one family or about a school year. I, I picked them up after school on Thursdays. That's sort of the one study babysitting job I do. And I think in that time I've gained about five pounds and I would attribute that completely to that babysitting job. Um, wow. Yeah. And, um, I mean, in general, in the winter, I maybe go up a couple pounds kind of naturally and go down and I'm, um, I'm at a pretty thin, not a thin, I'm not like skinny, but I'm at a good weight. And I've always been like pretty naturally happy with my weight, but, um, but this is a recurring pattern I notice, And, um, like what I'll do, like I noticed a couple, uh, a couple months ago, my best friend got, um, engaged and I was like, okay, I've got to get ready for the wedding. And was like, shoot, I feel a couple pounds over where I'm comfortable. So I did, um, I have like done weight walk at one point in my life, I did weight watchers to lose about 10 pounds. So just sort of did that again. Um, and, and I was able to lose that like four pounds from the babysitting, but, um, but that's not how I want to be. That's like on this crazy strict diet where like, then I can't have a beer with my boyfriend on the weekend. Right. Right. Only way, you know, and I'm like, that's not sustainable. I have to figure out a way to just not eat this garbage food just because I'm babysitting. Right. So when you're on the Weight Watchers, you don't do the babysitting eating. Yeah, but that's what, exactly. I'm able to do that if I'm like super strict and just not enjoying kind of food at all in general. <laughs> um, but as soon as I go back to sort of my health style, which I feel like is pretty, pretty good and I'm happy with it aside from babysitting. But as soon as I sort of um, let go of those restrictions and I'm like, I will enjoy a beer with my boyfriend and get pizza on the weekends. Then it's like when I'm babysitting on a Thursday, I'm like, oh, I will have, you know, five slices of pizza when we go babysit or go you know, or the, the, the cinnamon toast crunch that maybe one bowl would be okay, but it's like three. What's going on? I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have, I have a couple theories and have sort of like been trying to play around with some solutions, but, um, and I think they're probably all sort of jumbled up in there. Probably the reasons why I'm doing this and the solutions are like some, there's some mix that's going to work. Like, I don't think that I'm off, but I, I have not been able to kind of seal the deal yet. All right. Well, take me through what you've, what your theories are and what you've tried and we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, some of my theories are, I grew up in a like really strictly healthy households. So like my mom, um, was, I, I mean, she's been thin and had a in great shape my whole life. But I think when she, like, after she had me, she was overweight or felt overweight and went to Weight Watchers and then got really into nutrition. Um, and at that time that was that whole like low fat kind of crazy shit. Like we had margarine and like, right. um, you know, that gross stuff. Um, and it's like, she's, it's funny. She's like still super, um, 
in the know and now has like switched to whole milk with her coffee and stuff. But at that time, <laughs> that was what we were eating. Right. That's um, how you grew up. Exactly. And it was like so intense. Like we really had no junk food in the house. So when I would go and I was like a kid and it was like so off limits. So like if I go to a friend's house, of course I would go like crazy, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like all the Twinkies, like, you know, and you're a kid. So it's like fine. I was so skinny my whole growing up, but it was like, so I'm like so jealous of my friends who grew up in households where they just like food was food, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And so then when I, and I was like, you're doing the exact same thing now. Yeah. You're totally. like going to kids exactly. houses and like binging on their yes, junk food. Exactly. <laughs> Except now it's like, if I really wanted a Snickers, I could just leave and buy a Snickers. But instead I'm like, I gotta eat it now. Like before mom comes. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. So I think that's one of them. And of course, like I started babysitting around like 12. And so that was also like, cause at that age, your mom's still buying the groceries, but I would like be at someone else's house babysitting. So that's sort of where I think that bad habit really started. Um, like I remember the kids would go to bed and I would just like eat gummy bear, like whatever they had, like kind of gorge. Um, so I think that's like a really like specific habit that like kind of when I go into, I mean, not a, not a, like I would never do that at like a friend's house, but specifically with like babysitting, that's like sort of where my brain goes. Oh, so, um, so this is pretty straightforward. I think so. <laughs> this is a trigger that you've had for how old are you now? I'm 20. I'm about to turn 29. So you've had this trigger for 17 years. Yeah. And you're still acting it out. Yeah, Totally. Like, I don't think it has to be more complicated than that. I mean, we can talk about your other theories, but that sounds pretty much like what's happening. Yeah, I think so. And then, I mean, the other thing is just that I don't like love babysitting. Like, I like it. I like, I really do love all the kids, but it's like, obviously this isn't my passion. It's allowing me to do my passion. So I think it's just an element of just not like the food becomes sort of like something to look forward to. So it's just, you know, which probably has always been the case with babysitting anyway. Right. It's a job. Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> okay. That's actually a really good insight too. So that that was sort of like what I was going to go to next. It's like, what is it about babysitting in particular that makes you, I mean, it puts you in a state, right? Like, cause what you're telling me is you're going on autopilot. Like you don't particularly like this food. You're eating beyond enjoyment. Like those are all signs that you are in a, like a loop, a habit loop. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's a very deep one, you know, a pattern that's pretty like those grooves have been well well worn over the years yes yes and it makes sense I mean it makes sense especially if you're 12 and your your mom like restricted you from having anything fun for your entire childhood and then you get in this opportunity where you're like not in a particularly good mood to be there or like you're just sort of doing a duty and, you know, like, like you said, I understand that like you like the kids and it's not the horrible thing, but I've had lots of jobs like that in my life. I think we all have right. where it's like, I don't <laughs> yeah. like this job's fine, but like push comes to shove. Like if I like won the lottery, I would like dump this job yeah. in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's the, it's, it basically what it does is it, it increases your anxiety, brings down your rational thought processes and puts you in like trigger autopilot mode. And so, and the barrier to like not do the bad thing is like zero. Yeah, exactly. And I just, everything I've tried, there's been some successes, but what I'm feeling so frustrated about is just like 
um, not being able to figure out what, what to do to fix this. And I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I have always loved your blog. I'm, I'm into the idea of habit and I feel like I, I read a lot about that. So I feel like this is something that I should be able to solve and probably will, but I just cannot quite get there yet. You know, what's going on. You just don't know how to stop it. And that sucks. (laughs) It's a sucky feeling to have. So why don't you, well, let's go through what you've tried. I've tried like a couple different things. So like the first one I think I tried was being like, um, I'll eat something really good after work. Um, but that was just didn't work because I'm, I'm genuinely hungry by the end of the time I'm babysitting. So it's like, that's just like not a good solution. Cause once I get hungry, then I am going to eat food. And then I ate like four slices of pizza. Wait, 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 um, hold on. So you would, after the babysitting job you would eat, Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, okay. Like if I, rather than eat a bunch of crap, that's like super caloric and gross. Like, why don't I go out for like, um, there's these really good pork buns by there, you know, which maybe isn't like my number one healthy option, but delicious. So like, I'll let myself do that on Thursday after. Um, but I was just too hungry and that like, I'm not done till eight and you know, that just didn't work. Oh, so you were going like all the way from work. Like you hadn't had dinner yet. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so then what I've been doing now is like, I try to just bring something to eat because the other problem, especially with the Thursday gig is just like, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know how moms do this. I've heard your podcasts with moms and I, it's like, there's no time to enjoy your food with the kids. (laughs) And I'm there with them from like three, two to like eight. So it's like, I'm going to have to eat at some point and it's never going to be as enjoyable. Like I'm never going to be able to sit down and enjoy that food. Like it's just an impossibility. Right. Um, so it's kind of just like, let's get like healthy nutrients into my body. So I like, will pick up soup or a salad and just make sure I stay like satiated. Um, and that helps. That has been like the, probably the biggest success is that at least I'm not starving and I can like be clear headed. It's just, and something easy. Like I'm, I brought, like I get like um, this like fresh mango smoothie and then I can just like sip on that and it's good and I like it. And you know, I'm not going crazy. Yeah. That, that's great. By the way, I like the, uh, generally this is always the first thing I make sure people tackle is that like, are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I really like your approach that like, if you understand that there's no, like, you're not going to sit down and have an amazing meal. Like that's just not an option. You just need fuel to not be starving. Then yeah. you're, you're approaching it absolutely right. In those cases, you should be just getting the healthiest, fillingest thing you can find. And that's easy yeah. and, and having it like that's yeah. 100% the right approach. Good job. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and that has been the biggest help. And so like, even in the last couple of weeks, since I really, I feel like once the, once my best friend got engaged and I was like, this wedding is happening, it kind of real, like I knew that I was probably gaining weight from this. Um, again, it's not like an excessive amount, but enough that I'm not happy about it. So when I realized that I was like, okay, I need to kind of start figuring this out. Um, so that's been helpful. But like, then I noticed like for me, the biggest trigger is like, so I, like some lately it's been good. Like I've been able to kind of get control, but then the times when it's hardest are like when the kids are like watching TV or something and I'm by myself and I'm like, Ooh, it's that total, like, okay, let's scavenge and see what there is. That's like, that's like my dinosaur brain from like childhood going, um, where I'm like, gotta see what, what's there. Um, you know, cause no one's around. And then the second one is like the other day, the, the kids started having a temper tantrum and I like was super stressed. And I just found myself like hands deep in a bag of pretzels, like before I even had the chance to think about it. Um, and so it's just 
the, I think those are the, the triggers are still going to be the like emotional parts of it. Sure. So, right, right, right. So this is inevitable. <laughs> so, yeah. so you, cause you've had this trigger for so long. I'm, I'm really glad that you solved the hunger problem because that's never going to help. Right. Um, but there's still, of course, there's still, this is still going to happen. And, and I'm, and, and so you said it helped. And when you say it helped, what can you be more specific? Yeah. Like, I mean, when I first started babysitting, like with this job, for instance, like I would leave feeling sick because I'd eaten so much. And like, then like my boyfriend would be like, let's go get dinner. And I'd feel so bad. Um, I also stopped. I was like, Thursdays are just not going to be a good night to get dinner because no matter what I'll have eaten dinner, you know, just like, that's not the night to do it. Like I just ate Um, 1700 calories of Cheetos. Yeah, that's I'm like not having dinner. Yeah. Or even <laughs> if I like drink the smoothie, like maybe tonight's not the night we do dinner. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but then, so it, I don't have that anymore. Like even last week it was like, I caught myself just eating the pretzels and that was it. It's not, it's better. It's like, I'm okay. not getting sick. I just don't need those pretzels. I wasn't hungry. Okay. Um, that is so. a big improvement. Yeah. So that's great. So you also noticed that, so once you got hunger out of the equation, you know that there's two specific scenarios that trigger your eating. Yeah. One is when you have downtime and the kids are watching mm-hmm. TV. Exactly. And you're probably sort of avoiding work at that point too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also when you get stressed and they're, they're having meltdowns. Yes. All right. So, and, and, and like you notice that you, at least in the, the meltdown situation, you, you acted before you were even conscious of it and you became conscious with your hands already in the pretzel bag. Yeah. It was like, really like, I was like, whoa. And at that point, was it like, were you like, holy crap, I'm going to put this away. Or were you like, oh, it's too late. I'm already here. (laughs) Um, no, I was like, I'm angry and crunching on this feels really good. So I'm just going to keep doing that. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, you were already, you're already in it. Yeah. So, and then when, like the TV situation, like, so when you do do that, how much damage is done if you're not hungry? Um, I mean, I think a good amount, like I had like two bowls of cereal the other week, like that's, and I had already had lunch and it wasn't dinner time. So like enough that it's not great. Okay. And you said you don't enjoy it. No, I mean, um, yeah, no, I don't. Um, especially because I think that if, um, yeah, I don't like it in that setting. Part of what I like eating about eating is like doing it with people I love or part of the experience. So like, I'd rather save that caloric intake for like going for really good ice cream in New York on Sunday, you know, like, sure. um, I mean, cinnamon toast crunch is cool, I guess, but <laughs> it's not special. Right. So you recognize that it's not like, even though there might be some sort of superficial pleasure in, the sugary, crunchy, salty, whatever, that it doesn't, it's not something that's in line with your values enough to make it worth it. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a waste because um, like even the other day, my boyfriend and I had a really nice night and we got Oreos and dipped them in milk. And like, I didn't regret that for a second. Like that was so fun and perfect. And it's the same food, you know, but it's how you're eating it or for me, how I'm eating it. Really, really good that you are able to distinguish that. That it does it like because it's 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 interesting. We it's easy to forget that the food itself is not where your source of pleasure comes from. It's like a factor, but for the most part, it's the context and 
your perception of the situation that it has like the biggest impact on whether or not you enjoy it. Yeah. And, or how much you enjoy it and like how meaningful it is. So yeah, that's cool. That's really cool that you're already able to do that. So that's great. So we just need, (laughs) we just need (laughs) to figure out what's going on in the moment that makes it hard to, that makes it either, either, either too easy to start or too hard to stop. Yeah. So tell me what's going on in your head. Well, I don't know. When the kids go turn on the TV, like, like, like walk me through it. Like, what do you, like in your ideal world, what would you do? And then what actually happens? In my ideal world. So it's hard to do work because they are, especially these kids are just like, particularly like, I feel like that, like if, even if I have to pee, it's like the second I sit down to pee, they want my attention. Um, I guess (laughs) guess you really aren't getting any work done. (laughs) No, but I have like, um, I love, I've got like my Kindle and I usually have a good book that I can like kind of come in and out of. Um, but it's like this feeling of like, what do I do with my hands? What do I do? Like almost anxiety about like how much time I have to myself because any minute they're going to call me down again, I think. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like stuff this in my face really fast, which is also crazy because there's no, like what they don't care if I eat something like they're not going to have an opinion on it. Um, but you feel like a, 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 well, this makes sense, right? Because when you were a kid, there was urgency around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like massive feeling of urgency of like, and like quick raid the fridge or like, it's this like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you are living in a, a scarcity mindset in a, an abundance world. Yes, exactly. And it drives me crazy because I'm always like, I can buy myself Cinnamon Toast Crunch if I want it that bad. And you're totally aware of it. That's terrible. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So you have anxiety and you react to it sort of unconsciously. Yeah. Have you ever been conscious of it? Like, like before you act? Um, I mean, I kind of feel like I always am <laughs> or I don't know. I think I'm, I'm struggling with like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty aware of what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that I can't stop it. Um, Do you try to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And sometimes I can so tell me how that goes. I'm trying, I'm trying to think like, okay. I think if I'm feeling, I mean, and this now that I'm like, this is stupid, but it's like, if I feel like I've been, you know, having a pretty healthy week and feeling good, it's like easier to keep being good. Um, and I'm not trying to use the word good, but like, if I've been feeling good, like, um, I'm just like, well, keep it going. But if like, I've been feeling kind of crappy or already ate something that I'm not super proud of and didn't enjoy, I'm like, well, you know, go for it. Interesting. So you understand that eating something kind of gross is would could potentially ruin like how you already feel if you're already feeling good, but you, 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 when you don't have that justification, it's harder to use the, I'm going to feel crappy afterwards. Yes. Which is why it's so hard once I start because it's just like, well, and it's not even like, I'm like, F it. I'm, you know, whatever. It's like, I don't know what, maybe it is, but it's like, yeah, once I start, it's like, I already feel bad. And I have no, yeah, no reason not to, which is so illogical. <laughs> right. Cause do you, do you feel, I mean, do you believe that there's no difference in how you feel if you eat like, uh, like a handful of cinnamon toast crunch versus two bowls of it? Right. No, I know for a fact there's a difference, but even when you just said that, I was like, I was sort of like, no, there's no difference. Like in my head, like, I know there's a difference, but for whatever reason in that, in that place, like in that house, I don't feel that way. It's like, Right. Cause you're not thinking. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. Cause you're on autopilot. Like you're not. So here's what happens. Like when you are triggered, mm-hmm. right? Like what happens is that's essentially, I mean, what you're telling me is you have like anxiety, like you get like some sort yeah. of like trigger anxiety. Yeah. And what that does in humans and other beasts, like pretty much all, <laughs> all creatures, um, is it, it triggers fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it sh- it sh- like you go into auto mode, like it's the fast system of your brain. You just react to things because when you're in a, like being chased by a cougar or whatever, like you don't have t- the luxury or time to think and your brain has mechanisms to just shut that down and like react. And yeah. it can save your life in some situations, you know, particularly like the jungle. <laughs> but um, <Yeah. laughs> But when it's a it's a fight or flight that's just sort of in your head. It's bad because then you are are reacting when you really should be thinking. Right, right. That that is exactly what it feels like. And I mean, not to push the metaphor too much, but babysitting can feel like I'm in the jungle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like that makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So, but so so the first step to acknowledge is that your feeling of anxiety is not a reason to panic. Yeah. So there is a, like, we need to bring some consciousness into what's actually going on. Okay. And what I mean by that is, so right now what's happening is you feel anxiety and sort of like start looking around. And when the kids like give you two seconds, you find your way to the kitchen. Yeah. You know, this happens and, and you're, you're aware of it enough to be like, that's not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. You're like kind of like walking there and thinking this is not good, but I'm not stopping walking. Yeah. So one thing like the f- step one is just pausing and being like, I feel anxiety right now. Hmm. My brain is telling me I'm in the jungle being like chased by a cougar. Yeah. And I'm not. And one thing you can do is um, just to pause is just mm-hmm. take a minute and locate where in your body that anxiety is manifesting. Because mm-hmm. I, for one, get it. Uh, I mean, I think we all have a lot of anxiety these days. I feel like iPhones give us anxiety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Email gives us anxiety. Traffic gives us anxiety. So, you know, I feel it a lot. And for me, it always manifests like in my face. Like I clench my jaw a lot. Sometimes I'll hunch my shoulders, but more for me, it's more the face because I have ballet training and I don't, I don't, I don't get it in my chest so much, but some people get it in their chest. (laughs) You know, some people get flutters in their belly. Like everybody has it different. And it's for some people, it it switches depending on what, what is triggering the anxiety. Like there's different kinds. Yeah. So do you, does that ring any bells for you? Yeah. It's a very specific kind of anxiety. It's like this boredom anxiety. And like when you said anxiety, I was like that. I've never, and I'm someone who deals with a lot of anxiety, takes medication for anxiety and has spent a lot of time like working on yoga and meditation and mindfulness. So you would think it would have been obvious that that's what this is. But when you said that, I was like, yes, that's exactly the right word, but it's a different type than like the anxiety I get. I don't know, over something else, over small rooms. This is like this sort of boredom and like, Um, but it's still anxiety. It's like, that's exactly the word for it. I think I feel it like kind of like stomach and chest area is like where I feel like I feel it the most at that point. It's like this sort of like searching feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So your brain is like interpreting that like stomach chest flutter as a reason to panic, right? Mm. Yeah. Cause that's what happens. I mean, it's like you're, you get triggered. It like, 
makes a like little flood of adrenaline, like go to your chest or whatever. And like, I'm sure it's more, <laughs> more involved than that. But you know, for the most part, like a quick, like this is what happens, right? Like it's a quick hit of like, ah, something that's, ah, <laughs> you know, yes. like it's like yeah. super fast and you like, there's no like thought involved. You, you just react and it goes straight into your nervous system. And then, but then you're like thinking brain is like, Oh God, <laughs> like, like my yes. stomach's fluttering, but something must be bad. Let's not think about it and eat a bowl of Cheetos or whatever. Yeah. So when your brain is telling you that you should be panicking because you have this feeling, you can call bullshit on it. Yeah. Okay. But the first, <laughs> so the first thing you do is go feel it. Yeah. And go ask if it's an emergency or not. Yeah. So just pause. You don't have to like do anything just special. You don't have to like go exercise or go meditate or anything. Just pause right. wherever you are and try to find it in your body. Okay. And it's, it's really interesting. Like our brains really resist doing this because it's super oh scared God. of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, I don't like that feeling. Like get it away. Like let's get our brain off of it immediately. Yeah. So it's really hard at first, but the, the, as you do it, what happens is you realize that like, oh yeah, I just like have a thing in my stomach. And what happens is if you like feel it for a minute and it goes away because you're like, oh, that's nothing to panic about. Yeah. Another thing it does is when you are triggered, like I said, you're not thinking you're in like react mode. Mm -hmm. This brings you out of react mode and back into the present moment. Because mm -hmm. your body's like present, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes. you're, you're like not reacting if you're being, if you're just, if you're just curious, like where is the feeling? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're just yeah. searching, is it like the top of my stomach? Is it, yeah. is it really my stomach? Is it my chest? Is it like in the front, in the back? Am I react? Are my muscles reacting? Cause then you can like, like, like relax them. Yeah. You can totally yeah. unclench and like sort of just going through that check-in process, which really only takes a few seconds. You know, and the better you get at it, the easier it'll be to find the spot and be like, oh yeah, okay. And then, you know, take a breath and be like, there it is. So you're back in the present moment. Yeah. And when you can get back in the present moment, you have a chance at changing your decision. Yeah. And saying to yourself, okay, so about that cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Do I need it? Like, I felt like I needed it like 10 seconds ago. Yeah. But... But now I can actually ask the real question. Do I actually need it? I love that. That's very helpful. Does that feel like something that can stop you? <laughs> it actually does. Like I, I'm not... Yeah, I think it does. Because it's like... I feel like a lot of the habits I've been working on are helping. But that's really... It's totally... And it, it always comes back to that for me. Is like just taking that moment um, and like breathing. and. Um, I mean, even especially, yeah, especially because like when the kids go downstairs, it's like so quick and I'm just like, gotta stuff it in. It's like even taking that 10 seconds. I mean, by the time I do that, they'll be back up, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but it's like not just like filling that time because I think it is that anxiety of like, I have to react right now and just like giving myself a chance to just breathe. So you've, you've tried something similar to this before in other contexts? In other, in, um, yes. In other contexts, like I said, like, um, I've dealt with anxiety my whole life and, um, but I, I have a really good handle. Well, 
I mean, it's an, always a work in progress, but sure. I, you know, I do yoga and meditate and they've both been pretty huge for just my mental well-being. And I don't find that I have a lot of places in my life where I feel kind of out of control or, or, um, yeah, this is sort of that one. And I, it's just funny how it all, it all ties in. That's awesome. So you already have these skills. Yeah, I do. I do. I just don't have not applied them to this at all. Right. Cause you didn't recognize it as anxiety because it's yeah. like this remnant weird, like habit you developed when you were 12. Yeah. <laughs> and it just seemed like a weird, annoying thing, thing yeah. you had and didn't register as anxiety, but it makes sense that 12 year old you had anxiety around junk food. Yeah, a ton of it. And that was when my anxiety, I mean, that was like before therapy or anything. So, and you didn't know, you know. how to deal with it. No. But now you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That is really cool. What, is this solved? Like, what do you think? I mean, I think it is. I'm, I'm thinking through, like, I feel like, you know, there's two components to it. So it's like that, but I think they're both tied into each other. So like one's the one where like the kids are acting up and, or, but the other one's like sort of when I have these, like a large amounts of downtime, like when they go to bed. Um, but I think that, um, and that's sort of hard because it's just like long stretches of time. And that's usually when I do get work done. Um, but like I notice a trigger is like if I think they're coming home at like this is for like my Saturday night gig. So I think they're coming home at like 10 PM, but then it ends up being more like eleven, which is totally fine. But like usually I go out afterwards. So I'm in this sort of waiting thing, which is all anxiety for right, me. Right. Like it's that whole feeling of like all my friends are out. I want to go meet them. When do I put on makeup? When do I clean up? Like and I'm just naturally like kind of an anxious person with transitions. So it's like all of that. And that's always when I'm like, oh, I'll just go raid the pantry and eat a million cookies. Um, when I've been like totally not having a problem till that exact moment, you know, like I'll be fine for like eight till 11 or eight till 10. And then the minute that I start getting that feeling. So I think it's tied in of like a great thing to do would just be to meditate. Like I do that anyway. I'm trying to figure out how to fit it in. It's a great time to do that. Cool. Isn't yeah. it funny how like you can be you can like have this skill or like be like totally good at something in like one context and then you just get into this other context and for some reason it's this like intractable mystery that you just like can't solve. Yes, it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> like I always hear you with other people and I'm like, I'm like, wow, she like really gets to it. How do they do that? And it's really cool. Here's the answer is because I'm not you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's easy for me to like come in and be like tell me your stuff because, but, but by the way, like in my life, of course, like, you know, it's like, I have my trigger, like when I'm around my family, whoo, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like all my cool Zen talk, like it just goes right <laughs> out the window and I'm like, where's the tequila? Like, I, I, I can't handle these humans. It's <laughs> so, very relatable. Yeah. So like when it's like, you know, when you're in it and it's something that, especially these old, like these patterns that were established when we were super young. Yeah. Those are the hardest because you feel like it's just like, well, it's been happening for so long that you don't recognize it as like a problem like you would with something at work or like, yeah, you know, something yeah. with your adult relationship with your partner. Yes, exactly. Or it feels like such a part of who I am that it's like I have this problem that has just always been my problem. You know, like, oh, I'm fine, except this is like this big problem I have right. just because it's how it's always been. Right, right. But really, it's just the same old stuff. Yeah. It's just hard to see. It's so hard to see. It's like, you know, that 
sort of cliche, like you can't see the forest through the trees. It's totally true. Like when you're so deep in it, really what you need is some perspective. And sometimes just talking to someone about it can really be helpful. Yes. Thank you. I, this has been really great. Awesome. Well, um, I'm excited for you. I'll definitely come back and keep me posted on how it goes because I'm, I'm super curious now. I will definitely do that. All right, Nina. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.